Well, good morning, friends. How many of you are glad to be in church this morning? Yeah, awesome. Well, good to see everyone here. My name is Ryan. I'm the lead pastor, and we get a special thing kicking off February. We're in a brand new teaching series titled SOS, which stands for Song of Solomon, Sex, God, and Love. And real quick, before we jump in, uh, a little just heads up on direction where we're headed in this series. This is not an entire PG-13 series. However, in two weeks, that message is PG-13. So you're going to want to get your little ones that way, unless mom and dad, you want to explain some things when you get home from church, all right? So PG-13 message in two weeks. And uh, yeah, bring them back because the kids are having fun back there. And I just got word this morning right after first service is that two kids accepted Jesus into their life this morning here at Radio Live. Is that awesome? Yeah, that's so awesome. Hey, on a side note real quick before we jump into week one also, is that we have a marriage conference. Now this is for you that are married. This is for those that are dating, those that are engaged. We are running a marriage conference February 22nd through the 23rd. So it starts Friday night, and it will wrap up Saturday at noon. So yes, it is a two-day thing. So you're going to have to grab a babysitter. It'll be worth it. Our charge to you is only $25. But your marriage is worth it. Your relationship is worth it. Our expenses, to be honest, we probably should be charging $75 to $100. But we did our best to wiggle the price down. That will be absolute no cost of literally just $25. And if you need help with that, please come and talk to us. We'll, we'll scholarship you to this. But we've brought in Dan Seaborn. He's from Winning at Home. He used to be a, a youth pastor. And we all know those youth pastors are a little cray-cray, right? They're just a little, there's something else tick, ticks differently in them than normal people. But we love youth pastors. And he used to be one in California, so he's kind of got this like, yeah, vibe to him. And then he moved from California to Michigan. Like, well, why in the world would you do that? But he did it. Uh, felt God's calling on his life. He goes to Central Wesleyan in Holland, Michigan, and was there for so many years in student ministry, and he just felt a calling on his life to really start a counseling center for families. And it's just for married, for just normal counseling, and for kid counseling, and they started that in Zeeland, Michigan, and he's a fantastic speaker, and he's going to come here and bless us on this Friday, the 22nd through the 23rd. So there's information in your handout. You can sign up online, and $25, that's it. All right, and again, if you can't afford it, please come to us and we'll, we'll work because we want you here for it. And we're going to have fun doing it too. Men, you're going to have fun. I know you're like, oh goodness, we get to talk about my feelings, oh my. Hey, hey, it's all right, it'll be good. It will have fun, I promise, and your, your marriage will be blessed for it. But before we jump into our series SOS, um, I have to set a couple ground rules for us. We're going to journey in this five-part um, series, but here's a couple ground rules. Well, let me tell you direction first, and then we'll get into ground rules. Here's a direction. Solomon writes this, and he says, hey, this is the best song that I ever written. Solomon, we're told in 1 Kings, writes 1,005 songs. And he says, this one, woo, this is the best. This one's about love and sex and God. This is the best one that I wrote. And we're going to journey through it. And it's going to make you blush at times. That's all right. All right? Just blush a little bit and you'll be good. But Solomon writes this about a thousand years before the time of Jesus. And he's going to use some cultural context. It's a super fun book and we're going to grab a lot of that out and try to make it sense for us today. 
And we're going to journey through that together. And it's about a relationship with him and a Shilamite woman. And then all of a sudden they refer to these daughters of Jerusalem, which is this friend group. That, and I'll let you know who's speaking when because they, they interspeak together. And you're like, okay, well, who's saying that? Is that Solomon or is that his lover now? We don't know. And I'll help us calm that water out. But three ground rules. Number one, um, I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm going to be as graphic as the Bible is graphic. And the Bible can get pretty graphic. But the Bible's fun. So we're going to have fun with it as well. Rule number two is that you're going to listen for you. No elbowing your spouse and say, hey, 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 write that down. All right? You're going to listen for you. Not sitting there going, man, I wish so-and-so would have been here for this message. No, 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 no. Hey, God, what are you going to just reveal to me? And listen for you. Third is this. No matter what our past is in our relationships, whether we've been in relationships or not, or with our friends or not, whatever it is, hey, from this day forward, we're getting it right. Whether you've been divorced 13 times, well, by golly, we're going to get your 14th marriage right in Jesus' name. Okay? <laughs> But don't allow your history to dictate who you are. We're going to get it right starting today, moving forward. We'll get it right in Jesus' name. Because the enemy is going to want to bring up your past. Listen, your past is in your past. Greater days are ahead of you if you believe in the God of miracles. You can keep moving forward. So today I'm just going to get it right in Jesus' name. Not, we're not going to do this series to convict you of your past if you have a past. It's to say, hey, we'll just, in Jesus' name, let's, get, let's do it today. We're going to get it right, friends. So now we're going to jump in, and we're going to look at four qualities. If you're a note taker, four qualities that we see in this relationship develop, and what should we look for in others as we develop relationships. So here's how Song of Songs starts, chapter 1, verse 1. Solomon's Song of Songs. Again, meaning, woo, this one's the best one I got right here. He says, let him, this is his lover speaking now, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Doesn't it start out good? You're like, yeah, I like this book already. Keep going. All right. For your love is more delightful than wine, pleasing as the fragrance of your perfumes. Can we say these two words together? Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the maidens love you. In other words, you walk into the room and people are like, Woo! You don't need to see that yet. Woo! Your name. Right? Whoa! This room is so much better because you came in there. Wow! Woo! Turn to your neighbor and say, Woo! Your name. It's just, there's something about you. Hey, no wonder why everyone else wants you. No wonder, man. There's just something. You got it going on. You ain't just hottie with a body. No, no, there's something more. It's your name. The first thing that she's attracted to is godly character. Godly what? It's just something about what you got, Solomon. And everyone else wants you, but they can't have you because you're all mine, baby. You're mine. It's godly character. It's what are you attracted to first? What's interesting is that a lot of us, you want a godly marriage in the future, you want godly relationships, start living a godly life now. Don't wait till then. Start doing it now. It's attractional. 
which you are. Woo! You're here in the room. You want your workplace to be like, woo, they're here. Yes! It's better because you're here. And in our relationships, that's what you want, don't you? Yes! I'm around them. I can't wait. Why? Not because they're cute and good looking. No, because they got godly character. There's something different about them. Now let me talk to you just for real quick. Um, a lot of you may sit there and say, well, I don't attract these kind of people in my life. It just, I, I try to get into a relationship and it's just not ever working out. And I don't know if they got a godly character. Can I be honest with you? If you're out there fishing in the pond, looking for someone, look at the bait you're using. You're going to the bar all twerking, whatever. <laughs> what do you think you're getting then? I mean, honestly, right? No one videotaped that one. Ser what? Of course you're going to attract that. Look at the bait you're using. Start living a godly life now because when you're pursuing God and loving God, you're going to attract others who love God as well. And then your future's set up bright. But it's going to start here with godly character. That's what she's attracted to first. It's not, baby, your body is, man, you got that eight-pack going on. No. And woo, your name. You got something about you. This is godly character that I'm attracted to. Here's what Pastor Andy Stanley says, and I love this quote. He says, become the person you're looking for is looking for. From this day forward, let's get it right. We may have messed up in the past, and the past is the past, but God is the God of forgiveness and new mercies every single morning. Let's get it right now, and we're going to move forward. Become that person that you want. You want to marry, for those that are dating, you want to marry a godly man, become a godly woman right now today. Guys, you want that godly woman to just nurture you and, you know, do everything else? Become a godly man today. Become the person, the person you're looking for is looking for. How do we do that? Two quick sub-points. Number one, love and, let's read these two words together, worship God. Start loving and worship God. The greatest value you bring to any relationship, whether it's dating or marriage or friendship, is your love for Jesus. It's the greatest virtue you bring in. And I want to say this. Men, the largest book of the Bible is by a book called Psalms. 150 chapters. And it's all about expressional worship. King David, known as the king after God's own heart, wrote tons of those. And it's all about reckless abandonment when it comes to worshiping God. Can I be kind enough to say, sir, get your hands out of your pocket and start worshiping your God. I'm going to tell you, when you get home, it's going to be, ooh, la, la. You'll thank me. You'll write me a letter tomorrow. Thank you, sir. All right? It's going to happen. Why? Because it's attractional. Something about a godly character. Man, woo! You got it going on. All right? Here's the other thing. Pursue my God-given purpose. Men come in and say, hey, today, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and you're going you're gonna to make it a goal 52 weeks a year. We're going to be at church, family. We're going to be at church. We're going to serve. We're going to serve one and attend one. That's what we're going to do. Maybe for some of you, you got to go to next steps and find out what your purpose in life is, which is all week number three is understanding your spiritual gifts. Find out a purpose. There's next steps is going on right now. And if you're like, oh, I totally forgot about it. Hey, right after this service, during our third service, go to the gym. 
and you can get week one. You don't even have to sign up. Just go. You have my permission, and Brandon would love it if you, if you attended. But we're going to say, hey, today is the day we're going to get it right. We're coming to church. We're going to worship God, and men, we're going to lead it. So we're going to start with you. If we want revival across our community and America, I truly believe, men, you've got to rise and be the leader God called you to be. If there is no men in your life, women, God has given you that gifting and ability too. Become and lead yourself well. And women, please hear my heart. This is for someone, I don't know who it is. Don't settle in a relationship. Don't settle. If they ain't following Jesus, they're not for you. Don't sit there and say, well, I, I like them. They are hottie with a body. I don't care. They don't got godly character. I, I'll change them. The likelihood, only God, first and foremost, can change lives. You can influence, but is it easier if they're on a, if they're on a stand? Is it easier if you're up there to pull someone up or for me to drag you down? It's easier to get dragged down. Women, do not settle. Too many times I've been in rooms and I want to sit there and go, why are you with this person? Dude, your, your heart's on fire for Jesus. And this person, to be honest, he's, he's, he's deadbeat spiritually. He ain't going to lead you. He's gonna, I know exactly what his motives are, and they're not what you're going to want. Don't settle. Is that okay to say? I, I got your heart, friends. I got your heart. Please don't settle. I understand I'm lonely. I understand loneliness. But it isn't worth your future to settle for someone who doesn't love Jesus. Don't do it. Don't do it. Solomon continues. I love this. His lover actually continues this in verse 4. Take me away with you. Let us what? I love that, right? They're so in love. And it's not like, let's just stroll. No, it's like, boom, let's go. Let's get it going, baby. Let the king bring me into his chambers. We rejoice and delight in you. Whew, why? Because of that godly character. Man, no wonder why they love you. We will praise your love more than wine. How right they are to adore you. And watch what she says. Dark am I, yet lovely. O daughter of Jerusalem, dark like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon, which were black. Now she's telling her lover, hey, 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 I'm dark. Back in, our, back in this time, it was not sexy to be tanned. You wanted to be white as wool. Now, in our culture today, you got to go tanning, right? That's just the big tan is the, is the, is the look. No, no, not, not in this time. And she's sitting there telling Solomon, hey, hey look, i got to let you know a couple things, and I'm dark. And then look at her feelings. She says, do not stare at me because I am dark, because I'm darkened by the sun. Then she's going to give her reason why she doesn't want you staring at her and why she became dark. He says, my mother's sons were angry with me and made, er, and made me take care of the vineyards. In my own vineyard, which she's going to use all throughout this book about referring to her own body, my own vineyard, I had to neglect. So here's the second thing to develop in your relationships and develop within you and what we look for is this, growing trust. Growing what? Trust. Woo! Your name. Godly character. That's what I'm after. Man, that's what, by the way, this title of this message is The Art of Attraction. I'm attracted to that. 
And by the way, as I'm attracted to that, we're going to grow in my trust. And I got, I got to let the walls come down a little bit and share my insecurities. Isn't it interesting as we share insecurities, we often go the physical route, don't we? I got, I'm overweight, insecure about my weight. I'm insecure, I'm getting gray. I'm insecure, I'm receding hairline. It's all right. Dude, I know I got a big nose, right? Good, no one said, yeah, all right, we're on the same page. Like I joke, man, I can, I can flail my nostrils real big. I don't need a parachute, man. My nostrils will do it on the way down for me. Like I got insecurities. It's all right. We all got them. I say it radiant, when, on the team at Radiant Life, if you're on our team, listen, you don't have to earn trust. You already have my trust. Because if not, I shouldn't have never hired you in the first place. You have my trust. But mistrust is earned. And you know that. I've counseled many people who said, hey, what? yeah, you had an affair, and there's, trust is lost, sir. It's going to take a long time to get it back. But every relationship will work if there's growing trust. All of a sudden, she's like, hey, let me drop the mask and share some insecurities. We need to develop this in our relationships. Godly character, growing trust. And man, is it going to get fun here in a moment. This is still her talking, his lover. Tell me, you whom I love, where you graze your flock and where you rest your sheep at midday, why should I be like a veiled woman beside the flocks of your friends? This is referring to as uh, back in the ancient world, as if you had a field on the edge of the field, if this was on the edge, you would have veiled women. They were prostitutes. Men, after a long day of work on the field, then these women were here to sell their bodies to you. And many men would often take that before they went home. And what she's saying here, the lover of Solomon, hey, hey, I'm not going to be like them. We're going to grow in this relationship. I'm not going to be like the veiled woman. Here's the third thing that you and I develop and we look for is higher standards. Higher what? You raise the bar in your relationship. Higher standards. If you're dating someone, you got to have that conversation. This is how far we're going. This is the boundaries. I'll tell you exactly how far we're going. And you know what I want to say? Hey, if you're dating, invite them to church. You'll really know their standards then. Because they don't want to go to church, you probably want to kick them to the curb. Higher standards. And if you're dating, we, we can build our foundation of our relationship on two things. Number one, hey, we are going to save ourselves in this intimacy for the bedroom of marriage between a husband and wife. We're going to save it there. We're going to do it God's way. And it may be so hard to do because the passion is there. And when you, you know, the word necking, you all know what that necking is, right? When you're naked and the passion's revving and you've got your foot on that gas pedal, you're like, vroom, vroom, let's get going. It's hard to stop. It's all right. You can laugh. We're in church. It's God, God, create, God created this. He didn't sit there and say, hmm, what, oh my, what are Adam and Eve doing behind that bush there? I don't know what that is. He created it. All right? But you can. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a fun series, friends. Here we go. You can build it on the way God has designed it to with blessing or you can build it on sin and get rid of all standards say, we're just going all the way. It doesn't matter. I'm just going with my feelings. You choose. 
I'm going to lean over here. I'm not saying it's always easy. It's not always easy, but it's right. And sometimes the road to right is, always, is not always the easiest road to take. But with God, all things are possible. Hey, if you screwed up, today we're going to get it right moving forward. Amen? We're not here to convict. We're, we're here to, God, just help us moving forward. Help us moving forward. We're going to have higher standards. Some of you need to go home if you're dating and sit down and say, here's the box. Here's where we're not going. And honor that. Now, watch this. The Solomon finally speaks up. He finally gets a word in. Amen, men? Finally, I get to speak. Thank you very much. I'm teasing women. You're awesome. Okay? Here we go. I liken you, my darling, to a mare harnessed to one of your chariots of Pharaoh. Hey, baby, you're a horse, and I love it. Hey, don't call your woman a horse, man. That doesn't work today. It worked 2,000, 3,000 years ago. Ain't going to work today, all right? But what is he saying here? The mares, the horse behind Pharaoh or in front of Pharaoh's chariot were a beautiful, white, strong horse, bred in its own thing. They, it was just a majestic animal. And what he's saying is, you are awesome. You are like no other horse around. <laughs> You're awesome. See the compliment he's starting to give her. Look, your cheeks are beautiful with earrings, your neck with strings of jewel. Man, we'll make you earrings of gold studded with silver. While the king was at his table, my perfume spread its fragrance. Remember, it's that godly character. It's, it's my name just spread. It's who I am. And then, now Solomon shuts up and the, his lover starts speaking again. He says, my lover is to me like a sachet of myrrh resting between my breasts. I'm not quite sure what a sachet of myrrh is, but I bet you Solomon was happy he was one. It's a fun series. It's fun. Hey, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Hey, my lover is to me a cluster of henna blossoms, which is this red, beautiful um, blossom from the vineyards of Engedi. Engedi was an was a, a oasis in the middle of the desert. It's brown everywhere, and all of a sudden you start walking, and then there's just back in between these like caves, this mountain, are just beautiful gardens of green and waterfall. He's saying, listen, all the ugliness around and all the deadness around, listen, you're like this awesome red flower. You're, you're, this is incredible. And it continues, man, how beautiful you are, my darling. Woo! How beautiful. Your eyes are like doves. In other words, your eyes actually have white. They're not red all the time. Like I can kind of see into your eyes. Man, they are beautiful, baby. How handsome you are, my lover. Oh, how charming. And our bed is verdant, the beams of our house are cedars, meaning the foundation is strong, and our rafters are fir firs. Here's the fourth thing we develop in any relationship. It's consistent encouragement. You read that entire scripture, a portion in Song of Solomon, all that is back and forth between Solomon and his lover is encouraging. Woo, this is what I like about you. 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 Back and forth. So how do we do that well in our relationships? Number one, value them. Value them. Men like to be valued for accomplishments in general. 
And women in general like to be valued for who they are and their beauty, just who they are. I love mowing, like love mowing. I could sit on a mower all day long and just mow. So if you need help, I'm your man right here. <laughs> love it. What I love about mowing is my accomplishment of mowing. Straight lines. Like they're just straight and you've got dark and light, dark and light, right? It's just striped well. And I love getting out and looking on my porch and like, baby, to my wife. <laughs> Doesn't this is, look at those lines. Get me some of that. I just need her to say, yeah, great job. Right, I was out in the polar vortex shoveling, and I got done and stood on my porch, and I said, our driveway looks good, babe. <laughs> it does. We did a good job. I just want, it's the accomplishment. But women want to know, hey, I'm loved and I'm cherished. Hey, I'm beautiful. Value them. Here's another thing. Speak life to them. Stop speaking what you don't like seeing. Start speaking on who you want them to become. Hey, you never do the dishes. You know, my dad always used to do the dishes. That ain't going to work. Hey, they lift a finger and actually put a dish in the dishwasher. Hey, babe, thanks for doing that. I appreciate that. Because guess what? Do you know how affairs normally start? In an emotional vacuum within the home. That's where affairs tend to start. Men, if you're not giving them exactly what they need, someone else will. Women, same thing. No one ever says, I can't wait to get married and say I do and then have an affair. No one I've counseled ever said that. Why do they happen? Because we don't protect ourselves from them ever not happening. And there's an emotional vacuum of encouragement within the homes. And perhaps that man and that woman are at their job going in and hearing from some other on the opposite sex how good they look today, what great accomplishments they're doing, and it's not happening at the home, and they're going down a path they shouldn't go down. you got to do it. You see it all throughout the first chapter of Song of Solomon, how encouraging Solomon and his lover are to each other. Chapter 2. Look at what the lover now says. I'm a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. You remember just a couple verses ago, what was she saying to Solomon? I'm dark, don't stare at me. And now what is she saying? Woo, I'm a rose. I'm beautiful. What changed from don't look at me to now I'm beautiful? It was his encouragement. This is godly character. They started to grow the trust with each other. They had standards in their relationship, and that encouragement came in. And all of a sudden, it completely changed who she was. Now she's like, now look at me. Yeah, like a lily among the thorns is my darling among the maidens. Strengthen me with raisins. That's gross. <laughs> Who goes around saying, oh, I can't wait to eat raisins? <laughs> But what were raisins back 3,000 years ago? Raisins were an aphrodisiac. She's saying, baby, get me some chocolate and some berry white on the radio. Mm-hmm. That's what she's after now. Strengthen me with raisins. 
Refresh me with apples, for I'm faint with love. His left arm is under my head. His right arm embraces me. You know what they're about ready to do. Then she gives a warning. In verse 7, daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and by the does of the field, do not arouse or awaken love. Until it so desires. You know what? One thing we have not seen yet in this relationship is the physical part of their relationship. The engine's revving, baby. Boom, boom. She's ready. She can give me them raisins, baby. But warning, we didn't build our foundation on that. And she warns all of us, don't arouse or awaken it. It has its place in a relationship. But don't you dare arouse or awaken it until it so desires because it can be so destructive in your life if we get it out of balance. This morning you may be sitting there going, you know what, Ryan, that's all good. But you don't know my story. You don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't know my boyfriend or my girlfriend. You don't know my ex and the divorce that I went through. You don't know all that. And I may not. And Ryan, you're painting this ideal picture of what to go at. We can't achieve that. I want to encourage you to think about our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Yet he still chose to love us when we looked so unlovely. When we looked unfaithful and were messy, he still decided to love each and every one of us. We can do it. We may have messed up, but from this day forward, we're going to get it right. So how do we do it? Start working on those four things. But I want you to know this morning that we come to love not by finding the perfect person. You'll be looking a long time if that's the case. No, we come to love but by seeing the imperfect person perfectly. We all have messes. We all have hiccups. Many of us have history. But the way God saw us was, I'm going to love you. I'm going to see you perfectly. May you and I enter any relationship, whether it's dating or with friends. Say, hey, you're imperfect, but I want to see you. With the eyes that God has seen me, perfect. As you work on your godly character, as you work on that growing trust in those relationships, as you work on just setting standards moving forward from this day forward, and as you become the best encourager you can ever be in any relationship. Why don't we stand this morning? I want to pray for us. You know, one of my jobs as a, as a pastor is um, one of the illustrations in the Bible is a shepherd. And a shepherd in the ancient world, always took his flock, his sheep, to a mountainside to eat. And they didn't stay on that mountainside. 
He then would bring them to another mountainside and eat there. We just got off of one mountainside, if you were here for our January series, Breaking Free. And we're coming off that mountainside and we're entering the new mountainside to feed here for a while on relationships. And the word for this year for our church is breakthrough. We're going to have breakthrough in our relationships this year. We've got to do it God's way. We don't want the world to define love. We don't want the internet to define love. We don't want the locker room to define love. We want God to define love. And God, it's what you say and our lives are to you. So we're doing it your way. And this day forward, we're going to get it right. So let's pray and we're going to worship together. Father God, would you give us the mercy and grace to get it right? Anytime the past wants to rear its ugly head, God, would you remind us that we're forgiven and we're set free. And in Jesus' name, we're going to get it right from this day forward. It's your name we pray. Amen.